Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode one, I'm your host, Murray Barker, and welcome to Fox in the Room. Like I said, welcome in. This episode one, the intro, season one. Uh, Fox in the Room, I'm your host, Murray Barker. Uh, in this episode, we're going to go ahead and touch it. I'm going to let y'all in on who I am, where I'm from. I'm from Bakersfield, California. Born in Lancaster. Born to my mother and my father, uh, Murray Sr. So, you know, growing up in Bakersfield, it is what it is. A lot of people have been through there, whether it's to get gas or... <laughs> They go to get gas and they get stuck there and they just kind of, it's like the twilight zone, honestly. You kind of just get stuck there, I guess, is how some people look at it. But uh, I made it out, so I, you know, can't say too much. Anyhow, I'm a graduate of West High, Bakersfield. I spent my youth there, uh, my first job, first girlfriend, and going back and forth between Bakersfield and Vegas, kicking it with my dad in the summers. Uh, had plans to move out there with him till he passed away when I was about 15 and just stayed with moms after that, her and my stepfather. Uh, I'm the oldest of three, three boys. Uh, we gonna, man, we're going to definitely tap my brother in and get him in here so y'all can hear from him because this dude, he that's a wild boy. So he a wild one. So we're going to get him on here so he could, he could talk his shit, let y'all know what it's really about. Uh, my baby brother is the youngest, of course, uh, two nephews from him, three nephews, sorry, and then uh, my three. So, you know, my mama's sitting pretty nice. She got, you know, she got six grandkids. So, I mean, she says she wanted a big family. So, I think we didn't we didn't establish that for her for the most. Joined the Navy when I was 19. Uh, man, really just looking for a way up out of there. If you've been in Bakersfield for any amount of time, longer than an hour, you 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 already know what time it is. I had to find a way up out of there, like definitely. So I mean, I'm a frequent visitor. I was yeah, I am. I'm definitely a frequent visitor. I live in San Diego now, so I'm, I'm home two weekends out the month, and I'm like, bro, this is not how life was supposed to pan out. I was not supposed to still be coming here and hiding in my mama's house because that's all I do. I don't I don't go outside. I don't I don't fuck around. Not out there. It's uh it's the last wild wild west city and. California, I think the governor himself even declared Kern County the worst of the worst. So when your governor condemned your, your city, I think that say a lot. But yeah, uh, 19 joined the Navy, got up out of there, uh, went to Chicago, did the basics, got up out of there finally, like nine months later, and hit Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. And boy, you talking about a wild time. That was a lot of growing up I did in the South. And I'm going to tell you, I spent till I was 23 out in Jacksonville. And I learned so much about myself and about the world just being across the country. It was insane. But I tell you, you Florida, Florida women, man, they something else. You got to watch them because they, they get you. They will, they will put you in a cage and have your mind fucked up. <laughs> You don't play with them right, man. They they something else. Uh, left Florida. I came back to San Diego for the first time. Man, finished up the sea tour I had. Went back up to Chicago to instruct, which was crazy in itself. Like, 
that was insane because that was like a three-year jail sentence is what that shit felt like. Like I was out there trapped and they wouldn't let me go, wouldn't free me, uh, had plans on getting out, didn't really pan out that way. Like just I was a couple months out from getting out and something was like, nah, keep your black ass in there, like go get this money. And so I did uh, what I had always wanted to do, and I moved overseas. And when I got to Japan, you're talking about a culture shock. I was sick for like the first two months, like physically and mentally. I was just sick. I was like, man, what did you do? You pulled the trigger and this shit really happened. Like, you got to be more careful what you wish for. And, man, after them them couple months, I still talk about it to this day. Like, I want to go back. Like, I want to go back. I ain't never been nowhere where it's that safe, that clean, and then people is that nice. Like, Heaven gotta look something like that, period, point blank. Like I don't, I don't give a damn. Like it gotta look something like that, cause you safe in them streets. Like I don't care how gangster you think you is. Like it, listen, you 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 good. You could pass out anywhere, and you good. Your pockets is is safe. You solid. Um, in the process of this man, that was about what was that? Twelve years, give or take, is what that took. And I finally left Japan. And came back to San Diego, and that's where I am now. Uh, and that that time frame, I had three children. My oldest, um, I had while I was living in Jacksonville. I had my second two when I got stationed in Chicago and was stuck there in that jail sentence. So I had them. They they close to boy. They eleven months and ten days apart. Like it ain't no joke. Like they literally like little twins. And so I had them. Uh, my relationship with their moms. I would say it's pretty solid. It's a mutual respect thing. Like we, we keep it G. Like we, we man. The common interest is them kids. So you know, if I'm doing something or going somewhere, got something going, it's always like, hey, you trying to roll? You trying to go? Like what you got going? Like oh, you you know, you want want me to keep them? You want me to take them? I got them. Uh, I do have full custody of my two little ones, so that's like an adventure in itself. Like which is completely, completely. Like, I think that's probably the proudest thing I have in my life is, like, being a single dad with them because, like, we be thugging it. Like, from the iPad calendars to fucking trips, we just playing to the store. Like, it's always an adventure. Like, we be in the streets. Then we be in the house. So we alternate back and forth because, you know, they little homebodies on the real, too. And it's it's really just a ball and a pleasure to to have that opportunity to do all of that with them and sit down and practice spelling tests and sit down and watch them grow and develop and take my son to the barbershop every weekend. And I wash and do my daughter's hair. <laughs> yes, I do braid. I, I braid. I grease the scalps. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the plaid master. Matter of fact, I'm going to talk that shit. I am the plaid master. I got a fucking shower cap that we put the conditioner in for 30, 30 minutes we we over here doing it right. I got heat protectant. I got probably a small fortune under the sink in hair care products, and daddy is over here whipping it. But, you know, you do what you got to do for the sake of them kids. Uh, my mother, man, she, uh, my my only surviving parent, uh, both my, my father and my stepfather both died when I was around, I think, 15. And they died, like, back to back. Like, it was, it was quick, like. I remember uh, my father died. I had left for the summer from out in Vegas, and we was kicking it. And I had already, like, gave him the game. Like, living with mom ain't ain't it. Like, you know, 
I mean, not like that, but it ain't it. Like, I'm 15. Like, it's, you know what I'm saying, it's time. And my father was on board. Like, yeah, I mean, you, we got to run it with mom. So I get home, and shit, I don't think I'm in Bakersfield a week. And I get the call that he passed away, like, unexpectedly. And I'm like, whoa, your whole life just fucking changed. They say you want to make God laugh, make plans. And I'm like, bro, this is insane because we had a whole game plan laid out. Like, I knew I knew the high school I was going to. I knew the girlfriends I was going to have. I had, like, a whole four-year plan planned out on this shit. Like, y'all don't even understand. It was laid the fuck out. I was like, oh, I'm a made man. All I need to do is go grab my shit, tuck my shit, and roll, and I'm the fuck up out of there. And so I ended up uh, that year starting at West High as a sophomore which was crazy in itself because I ended up going to school with, like, all the niggas I had went to school with. Well, I ain't going to say all the niggas. I'm going to say I went to school with most of the niggas that I went to junior high and elementary school with, so I wasn't no stranger. It wasn't like I was, you know, the outcast. I knew them niggas and had, had been around them. So it was it was cool. You know, Mom's had moved us back from out out in the country because that's where she had us at first, out in, like, bumfuck nowhere. Where the motherfucking neighbors had horses. So that, that you know, that set the scene for you. So we get to West High, and um, man, I started school that year. And shit, I think probably six months after being in school, my stepfather dies. He gets shot. And I'm like, nah, like this can't be real. Ain't no way. Ain't no way one family go through this much trauma like that motherfucking quick. Like, And on top of that, it was a series of other things that had happened where I had lost my oldest aunt, who my oldest daughter is named after. I had lost my second oldest aunt who I used to love to hang out with and play video games with, lost my grandma before both of them, and it was just like back to back to back to back to back. And the shit was like, like, damn, can a nigga get a minute to breathe? Like, just a fucking second. And so when my stepfather died, that was like a real wild time for my family because he was in the streets. He was in the streets, and that's the easiest way to put it, and we'll dive deeper into that in a little bit. But he was in the streets. He was doing his thing. And so my mom, she she went into, like, panic protect mode, tried to lock me and my brothers in the house for fuck, like, years. But if you you grew up in Bakersfield around the time I did, like, I'm not I'm not staying in the house. I can't. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm outside. Like, we, we active, especially as soon as it get hot. Like, it's time to get active. So I ended up uh, staying at West Steel, got my first job working at KFC, which was fucking horrible. Probably the worst fucking thing I've ever, the worst idea I've had by far in my life, probably. Top five, easy, working at KFC. And, I mean, granted, the money was good at the time because you got to think I'm 15 and a half. And I'm, my checks at, th- at this time, now, you got to understand this is, you know, 09. Like, nah, this ain't even 09. It's like 07. And I'm literally getting seven, $800 checks. My mama don't want none of my money. So I'm, nigga, I'm blowing it. I'm cashing out. George come out. iPhone come out. Nigga, oh, I want 12s in my car. Nigga, I'm dumping it. Then on top of that, you know, I'm, I'm doing my little hustling on the side. So I'm getting money. Like, I, I, shit. I mean, I don't know how many niggas really remember, but I mean, I had to find a picture and post it. But nigga, my junior year, I was voted the nigga with the most money in the school. I was the only nigga pulling up with three cars. Like I had two El Caminos and a Honda Civic, and slung one of the one of the Elcos, got rid of them, and went and got me an MR2. <laughs> I had a motherfucking, I had a car with the engine in the back when I was 15, 16 years old. So it was like, nigga, I'm not no stranger to having no money or how to make it. Um, 
but yeah, what did I do that summer, man? I I, I grinded out that summer. We we processed the trauma that was going on. Moms had us in motherfucking lockdown mode, and we uh we got through it though. And then I went to work at Home Depot around that time, and that was man, one of the better decisions I made in my life. Actually, like working at Home Depot was fucking insane. It was. It was definitely one of the highlights of my childhood. Like I didn't, I didn't do shit. I didn't do shit. I worked in the garden department. If you ever go into Home Depot and you see the motherfucker in the garden department, they don't know nothing about the rest of the store. You know why? Because all they doing is watering plants. They sweeping and they front facing shit. That's it. Because that's all I fucking did. And I talked to people, talked to women, talked to mothers. I didn't give a damn. You want some plants? Let's go find them. I don't know where they at, so let's go look together. So I did that and then ended up, man, I fucked around and, you know, you're a victim of your own success when people see that you, you know, you good. I ended up getting hired on as a night receiver, which at 18, I, man, I had better, better hours than my damn store manager. I'm working Monday through Friday, like straight up. My weekends is off. Like you can't even fuck with them. I'm shipping shit into the store on a schedule. Like, and this is the closest thing in my mind to moving weight. Cause I'm like, shit, I can manage this. I shit. I, they. I'm ready to be El Chapo. Where the plug at? And did that for a while. And then, shit, I was sitting down one day with one of my cousins, actually two of them. And we had uh, we had sparked us one up and was smoking, sitting in the garage. And one of my cousins told me, say, what's the plan? I was like, shit, what you mean? What the plan is to keep getting this money? That's it. Like, shit, hustling on the side, working at Home Depot. Only two things I need to do, shit. I'm I'm comfortable. And he looked me in my eyes. He told me, he said, that's probably the dumbest shit I'd have never heard you say. And I said, well, what the fuck you think I should be doing then? And he said, you need to join the Navy. And I looked at him. I said, nigga, now that might be the dumbest shit you ever said. But sure as shit, true to form, that's my older cousin. And shit, I think about a week later, I was sitting down there at the recruiting office. Now, let me explain something to y'all. I, people be saying they recruiters lied to them. They didn't tell him the truth. They didn't know what they was getting into. No, nigga, I knew 100%. I went in. I scored a 35. The minimum is 35 on this test, this, this altitude test. So 35 I cut, and I'm like, well, uh, so what jobs you got? And he said, well, I got the worst job in the Navy. And I was like, what is that? He's like, being an undesignated fireman. And for the listeners that don't know, I basically was the janitor at a power plant. That's literally that's the easiest way to, to tell you that. And it's that plus like, you know, six more steps down. And so I was like, cool. I mean, I'll take it. But what's the catch? He was like, well, I'm going to give you five racks to do it. Five racks? Nigga, I'm 19. You talking easy. That's easy. I got to do that for this? Yeah, bet that. Sign that paper, mob. We, we, we rolling. So, boom. Sign up. Go to boot camp. And, yeah, man, um. Talked a bunch of shit. Talk, man, I talked so much shit, even through school. And I know my homeboys that might be listening. Remember, I used to be sitting on the bunk, and I used to be like, man, y'all motherfuckers, I ain't even got no job, but I'm finna watch. I'm finna smoke y'all ass. Like, this shit too easy. This a walk-in lick. Like, they shouldn't have never told a nigga that this was gone. All I had to do is study and take a test. Now, this was the only, like, I'm going to say this is probably the only lie that I was told by my recruiter was, you just take the test, and then you get more money. And I'm like, take the test. Okay, I just read some shit and take a test. Oh, nigga, I'm testing every week then. 
So, of course, that ain't how this shit pan out. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So once I figured out, I'm like, damn, I actually, it's time. Time that got to be waited. Things has got to be done in between. And I'm like, bro, this, this is, this is something else. And uh, I go on my first ship, man, and I go on deployment. And phew, that first deployment was a, was a wild one. I hit France, England. Man, I, I hit all over Europe, all over Western Europe. I mean, if you name the country, I was there. I seen it. I did it. I went on tours. Uh, we, we ate the craziest shit. We drank the craziest shit. Like, fucked with the craziest chicks, like, I'm talking about shit was was crazy. I seen niggas get beat up. I I just I seen it all. And then on top of that, like I'm on all male ship at this point, so it's like this is like jailhouse rules. This is like jailhouse rules slash football team. So you literally in there like testosterone levels is on peak. So nigga just you you somebody look at you the wrong way and you be ready to snap after being out for for a month. You just like bro. You got an issue, and I mean, doing this, man. I did that that boat for three years, and that boat took me actually to Africa too, which was pretty crazy. Um, I got to see all around Africa, and when I got there, I was like, man, these niggas don't lie to us. This ain't the shit that they be showing us on TV. These bitches is bad. This food is good. This water is is iffy in some some spots. You know, Senegal was one of the spots you couldn't drink the ice. Um, I met some of my top dogs during them three years and them, them three deployments. Like we literally, I made probably my some of my best friends in my life, honestly. Um, and we we did a lot. We seen a lot all together. And so when it was time, I transferred off that ship and I got back down to. Uh, I came back over to San Diego and got on my second ship and it was all male. And this motherfucker was the same old story. And I was happy because it was the same story. Went down to Central America and did the same crazy shit that I was doing in Europe and in Africa and had a ball and made more friends. So, like, my brothers that's around, like, they know. Like, y'all know the stories, and we just ain't going to touch on it too much because that would be giving up too much game. But it, it was a good time. But in the process of that, I mean, I think um, – I was doing age appropriate things, but I'm also say that I was not responsible in a lot of the shit that I was doing. Cause during all of this, I'd had my oldest daughter and was married to her mom. And uh yeah, I wasn't a good husband. I ain't even gonna sit here and, and play out loud like I wasn't I would I mean I wasn't good for nobody. Like shit, I wasn't good I wasn't good for my mama. Like I I wasn't shit. Like I I, I did a lot of stupid shit, a lot of dumb shit, a lot of shit that I I wouldn't trade for the world because it built our relationship into what it is today. And, I mean, I learned a lot about myself and about the world and about, you know, who I want to be, who I am and what I've been through. So, I, you know, I learned a lot. But at the same time, it was it was fucking nuts because, like, you know, I'm 19, 20 and I'm married and and I go overseas and I'm just wilding. I'm, I'm wilding like we bro. I'm I'm blowing we blowing five hundred a night and I mean that sounds like little money but you gotta understand I'm nineteen in a foreign port you blow five hundred then I go back to the casino and we might win I might be up seven the next day it's like fuck it let's throw this too like we're going back out to sea for two months like I don't, I don't even care let's just spend it I don't give a fuck what we spend it on and so I think 
it was real irresponsible, but at the same time, it was it was therapeutic for 19, 20, 21 year old me. Like that shit was a crucial growing point for me. Um, it actually, you know, led to my divorce after I left my second ship going to Chicago. And I, I, I take I take 50 I take 51 percent of the blame, I, you know, and if she listening, she hear this. I take 51. That's that's it. No more. No less. 51 is what we'll settle on. And uh, I ended up getting up to Chicago. I met my second uh, wife, which is my youngest two kids' mom. And we had fun. We had a lot of fun. Um, she got me through that shit, like, definitely. We kicked it hard and had a lot of shit in common. Uh, it ain't nothing like being in Chicago. Um, I lived in Wisconsin for, like, the longest. That shit was cool. I got to learn a lot being up there. I actually went to school. I actually went to college and did some shit that I, I said I'd never do, which was go to college, and I graduated. And uh, I remember that shit didn't mean shit to me because I was like, like, bro, this is a, a means to an end. I'm just trying to get the fuck out the Navy. Like, let me shoot through school. So I'm going to tell you all the biggest finesse, and I'm going to get this game up. Biggest finesse I ever pulled on the Navy, as far as money-wise, was fucking T.A. It was T.A. and FAFSA. I was getting paid $1,800 every two weeks or every eight weeks just to go to two college classes that I'm taking online and I'm busting the ass. I'm maxing TA out, taking 12 classes a year, like all gas, no brakes. I'm on this shit. So I recently had checked that receipt. No, I think I done ran them up 10,000. I'm going to try to get them for another 10 here in this upcoming, uh, upcoming couple years. I'm, I'm going to get them for it though. Have them pay for this school. But, yeah, I ended up going to school, had my daughter, my middle daughter, and she changed, man, she changed a lot. She actually stopped me from wilding, like, I will wholeheartedly accredit my my ceasefire at my, my, old, my middle daughter. Like, we literally bonded, and that was all we did. Like, we didn't do shit else but bond. Like, we hung out. I took her to beer breweries. I mean, I took this little girl with me everywhere. I mean, it got to a point where the daycare was like, you you have to let her come to daycare. We're not going to hold her spot. And I'm like, bro, her spot with me. Like, we thugging. She going to work with me. I'm taking her to daycare late. Like, it, if if I'm working night, she ain't going. She's staying with me. We watching Power all morning. Like, we finna sit here. At fuck Gil Gabba Gabba. Uh, the Octonauts. All, we watching Power. Like, we on Ray Donovan. Uh, so... While I was up in Chicago, I met my homeboy, um, Rob. And Rob asked, man, bro, I'm going to double back on all my friends. I know some of y'all probably like, oh, he missed he Nah, I ain't missed you. I'm going to come back. But Rob, so Rob was pinnacle in this point because Rob was one of my friends' friends. So my mutual friend, our mutual friend. And he, uh, he needed somewhere to stay at this time. And so I ended up, I didn't even know this nigga from dirt. Like, like mind you, I didn't know this nigga from dirt. But I was like, bro, you can stay with me. Like, I'm in this big-ass, like, four-bedroom house. Like, and I only got one kid. I ain't got no goddamn dog. So you don't come kick it. You know, you you good. You ain't even got to pay shit. Like, because I got all the rent anyway, so don't even worry about it. And he ended up coming to live with me. And to this day, Rob, Rob actually stayed about 30 minutes from me right now. I, I try to get over there and see this nigga as much as possible, him and his girl. But... Uh, that nigga was actually the first person I ever let watch my middle daughter. Um, bro, like he, they relationship while we lived there was, was, was top tier. Like I'm talking about like, that was the only person that I trusted 
to to even like keep her for I mean even twenty minutes like because you got I'm crazy about this little girl like she even came out and I do everything with her don't nobody do nothing with her don't nobody talk to her don't nobody say nothing to her like that's this is my baby this ain't your mama can't even say shit to you so after that she was about almost one well we found out that she's pregnant again and then she had had my son when my daughter was one. And so I was like, well, this is your turn. This, this is your baby now. This is not my baby. This is your baby. So we ended up uh, kind of not. We didn't we didn't split duties. Fuck no, we didn't. Because I ended up with both of them and doing that shit full time, thugging it and still going to school and going to work. And so at this time, this is where I was like, man, it might be time to get the fuck out. But I'm also fighting this, this uh, child custody case and child support case in Kern County at the same time for my oldest. Now, I'm going to give y'all some more game. I went to court. I got fucked over. It's something called a retro date when you do child support. So I got retro dated nine months. But it wasn't just nine months of child support. It was nine months of uh, alimony. So you retro date nine months of $1,600 a month. You, you get that number you get. And this is what I had to pay or what I owed. And then on top of that, I had to come current every month with 1600 so at this point, I'm stressed. I got the two little ones, and I'm getting, man, Kern County taxing me out. Like, they trying, to, they trying to ruin me. And I'm like, bro, like, okay, I can't get out. Not like I want to, because if I get out, I already know how I'm going to move, and it ain't going to be in compliance with what, what this court order says. So let me go ahead and weigh my options and be an adult. So then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and stay. And that's how I ended up. Going to Japan, we ended up all three, all four of us um, went to Japan. And my son and my daughter, you know, they got to go. They moved there and they got to grow up there. I, You know, they spent a good part of their life there and their development there. So they they still to this day remember Japan and always ask me, like, can we move back? Can we move back? And I'm like, man, one day we're we going to get back over there for sure. But we uh, when the time was up, we, we dipped out of, out of uh, Chicago, shot over to Japan and we spent the time there. Now, Japan was, man, Japan was crazy because the ship itself was crazy. Man, I spent 280 days my first year there out to sea. Um, and these were, this was port hopping. And by now, I'm, I'm in my 30s. So I was almost in my 30s. So I, it wasn't as wild as my old deployments. Niggas just get old and just, you know, you kind of want to just lay back and watch other people do dirt and laugh at them. Like, bro, you stupid. Don't do it that way. Then on top of that, I'm like, bro, when when I was on deployment, I had Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, so I, I wasn't going live. The shit that happened, how that shit went down, only the real remember exactly how that shit went down. It's just etching your memory as to what happened that night in Victoria Seychelles, what happened that night in Tanzania. So you know what I'm saying? Like, when you when you know, you know. And it, I don't need to, to take pictures and shit, a certain shit, because that's just in my memory. And the niggas that was there remember how it went down. So being in Japan, man, I, I was put in charge of a pretty, pretty fucking large division that um, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to manage at the time because I was like, damn, it's a big ass division. Like, it's a lot of you motherfuckers like, damn, it's 29 of y'all. But, you know, um, they say I'm a people person. So I got the I got the game in their ass up and putting them on and I got my machine oiled right and it and the shit worked panned out for everybody I think involved if you wanted it to work it worked out for you like you know I always tell people I ain't never fucked over nobody who didn't have it coming so 
I mean, if you ain't have it coming, you ain't have it coming. And I literally fucked with everybody on that ship in some type of way. Like I had your back. If you needed me, you, you call and I'm going to come. I'm going to come fuck with you. I'm going to come come make sure that you straight. Make sure you got everything you need and make sure that you understand. Like the only thing I want back in return is for you to get that shit to somebody else. Like don't don't give it to me. Give it to somebody else who need it. Like look out for them. So, man, we get to we, we go on deployment a lot out there. It's, it's for deploy. So we in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, at this time, uh, the kids, the two kids, mom, she's starting to have like, like a mental breakdown by the time this is all over. So, uh, it's time to transfer and we transfer independent. We married by this time. So I transfer independent. Boom. I get over here to, uh, San Diego and she's still there and COVID hit. And I, I, man, I, you know, I tell my mom all the time, I don't, I don't think COVID was that big a deal for me because I was already introverted anyways. So, like, that shit didn't bother me. I mean, and, nigga, I'm not scared. I was, I ain't never been scared of COVID. So, I was, nigga, I'm in Target, and I'm one of two people in there shopping. Like, I just don't give a fuck because I'm like, bro, it's, it's quiet. Everybody gone. It take me, you know, where it take me 45 minutes to get to work, it's taking me 10 minutes now because ain't no traffic. Ain't nobody even on the road. I'm loving it. And uh, I think that that it, the effect it had on me was not the same for a lot of people, and it, it really deteriorated, I think, uh their mom's mental health and so by the time she got here i ended up with full custody of them and it it was it was a pretty brutal uh process and it was it was very hard and you know even to this day my mom always asked me like damn you you good like you sure and i'm like yeah i mean i did everything i moved right i think i moved completely right i did it I did it right. Like I didn't dog her out. I didn't didn't fuck her over in court. Um, you know, I got asked in court, did I want her to pay child support when we was doing fifty fifty custody? And my thing was, I had already had that shit done to me, so I definitely wasn't gonna do that shit to nobody else. Like fuck that, because I knew how that shit felt, and that shit is hard. Like that's a hard ass pill to swallow. So I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way, and I, I got the means to take care of them on my own and do the shit I need to do. And so when that all happened, uh, man, I actually, man, let's, let's, yeah, we'll talk about that. So I actually had started dating somebody. That shit was crazy. And that shit just fell all the way the fuck apart after like a year and a half. It was just, I'm going to say the fox got out fox and I was left holding the hot potato. And anybody who really know me, the niggas was like, you not mad because of what she did. You just mad that you didn't do it first. And I was like, bruh, that's how I know y'all know me because you, you beat me to the punch, but it's cool. Like, it's all right. And I just, I got to put distance between me and people like that. And I mean, we didn't have no mutual interest no ways at the end of the day. So it's pretty easy to cut ties. Unlike the, the mothers of my children, like, nah, our ties, they run deep. So we literally like function with each other. Like, like I said, even to this day, I will call the two kids mom, even though everything happened. And her mental health issues, and I randomly just call and be like, "Hey, you good? Like, you all right? Like, hey, are you gonna be able to help with their school? If not, like, don't don't fucking trip. Like, I got it. Just do what you can when you can. Like, you know, try to see them when you can, when you up to it. Um, my oldest daughter, mom, man. So crazy shit about her is me and her been best friends. Fuck, I want to say f since I was fifteen. Yeah, because when I went to West, I actually met her. So since I was 15, we actually known each other since we were three. She refuses to admit that, but we we've known each, our families have known each other for quite some time. 
And, I mean, we get along really, really good. Like, I mean, it's always a real lookout thing. She told me the other day, it's just like, it's just like we family. And I'm like, uh, yeah, nigga, like, we we really are. Like, what the fuck? Like, we, we family. Like, I'm going to always look out for you. Always. Like, I'm gonna always having your best interests. Having your best interests at heart is having my daughter's best interests at heart. And, you know, vice versa with all of them. And even though some shit was done wrong and fucked up or could have been done better. It's still, you know, common common goal is to get my kids raised and get them raised right and get them raised strong and make sure that they understand their place in this world and what was expected of them from their parents. So I got back to San Diego and all of that shit happened. That unfolded. And, I mean, now it's just me and the little ones. I mean, me and the two little ones and my oldest comes down for the summer. We kick it. We hang out. We, we go see... Uh, my oldest and her mom can hang out with them. We go hang out with my mom and when my brother's there, we hang out. Like, we, we really, really be kicking it. So, I mean, that's me in a nutshell. So, thank you for tuning in today. And I would look forward to seeing you on the next one.